Welcome to Wake Up with Dr. Douglas James Cartrell, your source for helpful information, advice, and tips to live your life in a mindful way in this increasingly chaotic world. For over four decades, Dr. Douglas has been teaching people how to develop their intuition and live their lives in a conscious way. His news and views of the world tomorrow today are always informative and revealing. To learn more about Dr. Douglas, be sure to visit his website, douglasjamescottrell.com, where you can download self-help exercises you can do right in the comfort of your own home. And now here's your host, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell. Hi, this is Douglas James Cottrell speaking. Welcome to Wake Up Podcasts. Joining me is my good friend, Les Hubert, a researcher, broadcaster, and fellow seeker of spiritual truths. Hi, today we're going to be speaking about angels with Dr. Douglas. Uh, have you ever had an angel appear to you in your life, in your dream life, in your waking life? Uh, what do they mean? What, uh, how do you validate their appearances? Some say that they usually appear in pairs. Some people say they appear in colors. Uh, yes, angels are a very important uh, interdimensional being. In all religious paintings and uh, uh, I guess you could say scriptures and books, uh, holy, mean, holy uh, beings appear to men and women throughout time, and especially children, they appear. So the idea is, is this a, a necessary um, outgrowth of you having a certain religious point of view because angels are written about in all the world's great religions in their scriptures and holy books it must mean that these interdimensional beings these ascended um, beings are something special and they don't subscribe to any particular religion i think that's the first thing to realize that an angel can appear to anyone at any time i take the position that they allow themselves to appear in other words, it's a privilege when an angel appears to you. In my experience over years, I've had clients tell me that at a certain time, when they were in distress, when they thought they were going to die, a being would appear to them. A sense of calmness would come over them. A sense of great love would be upon them. And the words were spoken to them. If they were spoken, sometimes angels just appear and you see this being and that sends a message to yourself and you know you're going to be okay. But if words are spoken, it's usually a short few words or a sentence, no more. Like, don't be afraid, you're going to be okay. It's going to take some time, but you're going to survive. Things like that have been said to people who have reported this to me. I've had my own experience with angels and over the years I found that there is a certain uh, sort of uh, system that they have. How many of you, my friends, have had the experience where in a dream or a vision, you've seen two figures. One does the talking, the other is silent, but beside the first one. And they give you some direction, they appear to you, and they say something usually one to the other. And as if you're the third person overhearing a conversation. I had a first experience uh, that I can recall was sometime I was in great distress, ring about some bills and uh, what was happening to me and was back in the 80s, things were pretty tough all over for everybody. And I had this vision where there were two 
young boys sitting up in the corner of my, of my room on a shelf, I thought. This was in my dream or my nighttime vision. And the one turned to the other and said, he likes running around with his head cut off. And I immediately saw a horse running around with no head on it, just the body running in circles. And I immediately knew what they were saying, that I was a big workhorse running around in circles without thinking things through. And I immediately knew that it related to some circumstance in my business life. Well, in this vision or dream, I grabbed the horse's head, stuck it back on the, the horse, and I sewed it up with great big stitches. So in the dream, I was taking an action. That action was to use my head to start thinking and stop running around in circles. But that image was of the two young uh, boys up on, the, up on the shelf, looking at them. I then realized while I was looking at them and after they had said these words that they weren't there. There was no shelf in my room. And then I woke up. So that, that situation was an encounter with two angels. When I was in India, in India, I was walking along a dirt road. There was no vegetation to either side of the road for a long distance, say 100 yards on either side. My friend Ramesh and I had been on a, a religious sojourn to see uh, Safya Sai Baba. And as we were trying to go from one city to another, we had to go along this, this road to get to the bus station. We were lost. And we're walking along and all of a sudden, two men were behind us that we hadn't heard coming. One was taller than the other. And he said, Saab, you look like you're lost. And we said, yes, we are. And he says, come, I take you. And he pointed in front. So instead of walking around in front of us and leading the way, they stayed behind us. And Ramesh and I were walking along this road and there was again, no vegetation, no rocks, no houses, nothing, just uh, sandy reddish clay. And soon we got to the corner, we walked about 200 yards and the voice from the man again said, okay, Saab, just keep going, there's the bus. And with that, he turned around and I, I think I said something like, can I give you any money? And there was a little wave of the hand and might have even been no, no, and walked away. So we continued walking the remaining distance towards the corner of the uh, street or intersection where the bus was going to be. And it was busy. There were taxis. There were lots of people. But on this street, there was nothing, nobody, just some, we saw some baboons or, or monkeys off to the side when we were walking. But uh uh, Ramesh and I were walking and said, isn't that interesting? These two fellows showed up in the middle of nowhere and they were giving us directions on that this was the right way to go to the bus station. We had to go to the bus and catch a plane. So it was some urgency. So with that, I turned over my shoulder and looked. They were gone. Just disappeared. They couldn't have walked away that fast going down the street. They couldn't have walked away going to the left or the right because again, it was just open space. They vanished. On another account, I was in New York City. It was late at night, about 11.30 or so in the p.m. And I was on, I think it was First, uh, First Avenue and about 57th or 64th Street, Spanish Harlem. I was almost out of gas. 
my wife and I pulled into this gas station, the only one that we could see. I thought it was an oasis. There was a, a big sign, you know, uh, SO or something. And I got out of the car and a black man came up in front of the car. He looked like he was drunk. And I immediately sized him up. He was smaller than me. I'm pretty big, six foot tall. And he just started blessing the car. And I went, okay, he's having fun. So I walked up to the, uh, uh, to the building. The two men inside were looking at me in rather amazement. Here's this white guy in Spanish Harmon about midnight trying to get gas. So I threw some money in through the uh, drawer. It was 20 bucks. And they both looked at it like, that's too much money. I said, that's okay. I need to fill up. I went and uh, the man was still in front of the car. I put the uh, hose in the, in the tank and I proceeded to fill it up and it came to $15. So now I'm looking around and there's shadowy characters all around the periphery of the gas station. The man still in front of the car, continuous thing to bless the car. And I decided, do I just get back in the car or do I go back for my $5? Well, I pushed the envelope. I went back to get my $5. By that time, the two attendants inside the uh, gas station were pressing their noses against the window, watching what was going on. I guess they thought I was pretty strange having Ontario plates on my car, front and back, about midnight and people all going around the periphery of the lot and me just walking along with luggage in the back seat of our car. My wife was sitting in the front seat. Anyway, I got my change and they were stunned. They were amazed. They were smiling at me with one of their Cheshire cat smiles. And uh, I said, I think I'm in trouble because they slid the drawer open where I put the money in and they put the change in. So there was no way you could reach through or touch them when they were behind bulletproof glass. So I went back and as I went to the car, the man had vanished, he just went away. So I got into the car and my wife was sitting there a little nervous. She had locked the car and I had to knock on the window to, to get in the car. And I said to her, that was pretty amazing. Do you see that man out the front of the car, blessing the car? And she said to me, what man? My God. He was invisible to her and yet she was looking the whole time out the front windshield. And I walked past the man at least four times, to and from. So the man was protecting me, the man, the angel. He was mumbling prayers. He never asked for money. He just stood in front of the car the whole time. The attendants in the station were uh, somewhat shocked that here's this naive fellow walking, to get, uh, walking up and, and not only getting gas with cash, but actually coming back for his change. We got in the car and... We headed on up to Rye, New York uh, um, from our experience. And then it set in upon me that, oh my God, we had an angel blessing our car. So those experiences where you have people appear to you out of nowhere and then they disappear, these are angels. They appeared in physical form to me on those two experiences, there have been others, but sometimes they appear in your dreams or visions where again, one is talking to the other. One does all the talking, the other listens, and you're overhearing the uh, statement, and it makes perfect sense to you and relates to your life at that time.
They come and they vanish. And that's how angels, interdimensional beings, divine beings who are watching over you appear. This is different than when your mom and dad who are deceased or grandpa and grandma or other avatars or religious beings appear to you. That's a different thing. That's a visitation. But those are some tips for people who want to know how to interpret those strange dreams where an angel appears in your dream or in your life. We'll be back in a moment. Why'd, why'd we stop? I've been driving for six hours. Your turn behind the wheel. Now? But I'm at the part in the New Earth book where Dr. Cottrell explains all the changes. Weren't you just reading his Secrets of Life book? Uh, I was done with that one hours ago. Are all those books in the back seat from Dr. Cottrell? Yeah, with his closing out sale going on, it was the perfect opportunity to stock up on reading material for our trip. All his books, 50% off at DouglasJamesCottrellStore.com. He's retiring, so it's last chance or no chance. Did you get his new age health guide too? Yep. Right here. Good. My turn to read. Welcome back with Dr. Douglas James Cottrell. Uh, I've had reports of from some of my clients that they had angelic sightings and some of them appeared in color. Uh, one of my clients had an, an encounter with uh, the Archangel Raphael, who appeared in the color of blue. And she was wondering why this very large being, uh, she said he probably was a good 10 to 12 feet tall when he appeared to her, uh, was vibrating this beautiful color of blue throughout. I've had a similar experience where I had a uh, tall, big angel appear behind me. And someone actually saw this, uh, this divine being in real life. I've had other reports where people have seen a similar thing. There's a, there's a certain color, but the being is usually giant. A Mother Mary has appeared to me on three occasions. So these divine beings, or these angels, again, it's a privilege to see them come in forms that you expect or that they have a somewhat specific meaning due to their appearance. In this color of blue, it could be true blue or angelic blue, meaning it's an ascended master or being, but it means something special to the person viewing this ascended uh, interdimensional being or angel. Think of them as ascended people who are, you know, divine beings while they're in the world. And now that they're in the post experience, um, they're coming back to help. And so they appear in certain uh, images. I think it's just a soothing, in this particular vision, it was a soothing uh, color, but again, to show some divine color because it, it's blue, this it could be blue, true, or things like that. I don't get a, I can't say that's specific to everybody. I can only say what is specific is that they will appear to you in a way that is meaningful to you. And she automatically knew this was Raphael. How did she know that? 
You see, that made the question. Perhaps she was studying or praying to Raphael for assistance. And lo and behold, Raphael showed up. So in that instance, and again with other times I've uh, had experiences with this, um, there is a reason that they show up in a certain way. People have talked about orbs, and I have uh, been photographed with many orbs around me. I have been in uh, different countries where these orbs show up, sometimes the size of basketballs, sometimes the size of uh, um, larger big circles with some sort of geometric uh, display inside. And they seem to be uh, located in the same position. For me, it's at the um, 11 o'clock position uh, with me looking forward. Hmm. Orbs float around, orbs appear, and at, at my uh, workshops or my conferences that I've had in Spain, in one there was something like 50 or so uh, orbs showing up all over different people. And this one at my 11 o'clock position, which seems to show up consistently. That could be the so-called guardian angel, the angel assigned, assigned to you uh, who watches over you. I can't say anything specific. I can only address that this is my experience and what has happened to me. And because who knows the mind of God, uh, who would be vain enough to talk about the divine in such specific ways. But this is what has happened repetitively. And so this instance reminds me of a photograph that was taken of me in Hamilton, Ontario, we were having a Christmas party for uh, a group of uh, uh, followers or friends. And there was a dark uh, room, candles on the table, dim lights around, and a picture was taken. Later on, that picture was lightened up, and behind me was a cloud of energy, taller than me, wider than me, and it had the outline of a, of a human shape. That was a visitation of an angel standing behind me that I was not aware of until I was shown the picture. So again, we need evidence of these things being real. This experience this lady had, she knew it was Raphael, appeared to in a certain color. Did Raphael say any words to her? Uh, she, uh, he just gave a very simple message. Uh, I, I don't recall the message. Uh, but she knew it was definitely Raphael, and she was amazed at the size of this being. But she didn't feel intimidated. She just felt a sense of love, uh, definitely a presence of love. There you go. Fits the criteria. A feeling of well-being, a feeling of love, uh, a short message, very few words. It would be very meaningful to herself, and she knew who this divine being was. And a divine being being physically bigger would mean, let's say, important or divine. So that's how people can recognize when they have an experience or if they have a questionable experience, because sometimes people have these mystical uh, experiences. And of course, the first thing that comes into their mind is doubt. And then they start to question, and then they look for verification, and then they talk to their friends. They don't have to do that. This was an experience that was unexpected. It occurred, and it was real. This is what faith is all about. Faith is built upon belief, and the belief is built upon the evidence of these mystical experiences. Thank you, Doug. We'll be back in a moment.
Who's God? What's my purpose? What do my dreams mean? What are miracles? What are spiritual abilities? Was I in a past life? Who's my soulmate? What is meditation? Are your thoughts racing around on what life is or how to live it? Slow down. Find answers in Dr. Douglas James Cottrell's book, Secrets of Life. Now available at douglasjamescottrellstore.com or Amazon. Welcome back with Dr. Douglas James Cottrell. Uh, one question, Doug. You mentioned when you had your experience in the gas station that you saw dark figures in the periphery. That brings to mind uh, a question some people have about dark angels. Are there such beings? I call these elementals, uh, demons, if you will. Uh, there are the forces of light and the forces of darkness. And of course, in a human mind, you automatically say, well, well how can that be? If in the beginning there was only God, and there was, how can there be uh, demons and more powerful angels than God? Well, there cannot be because God was in the beginning God. So out of goodness, can there come evil? No. You know, if you plant mustard seeds, you get mustard. If you plant tomato seeds, you get tomatoes. If you plant love, you get love. So these forces of darkness are the opposition to your spiritual advancement. And it's necessary. There has to be a struggle between your advancement forward and those forces trying to hold you back. You can call them temptation. You can call them doubts. You can call them evil if you like. And by the way, evil only means the absence of love. So what are these dark forces, these demons? These are unloving beings who are feeding off your fear and your worry and all those things that they absorb in themselves. They have some existence or purpose. They're feeding off the emotions of hate and fear, etc. Conversely, it allows you to overcome those emotions, those fears and worries, those angers and those hateful tendencies that as animals, which we are, we learn to overcome and we become enlightened. And here in the wake up, we're attempting to help our listeners and subscribers to wake up, not to pay attention to the lower emotions and entities, but to aspire to the higher level, the higher dimensions and their own ascension. So put your fists together and push one way or the other, like a isometric exercise. This is how you advance. You have to have that struggle in order to advance, because is it not true? If something comes to you easily for no, no, at no cost, is it valued for the same? Nothing. So in order to achieve success, advancement, enlightenment, which we're attempting to do here on the wake up, it is to understand that the struggle is necessary so that when you overcome those inadequacies in yourself, because it's always said self meets self in your spiritual development, then when you achieve self-mastery, when you are fully awakened, when you are ascending, you've climbed up the staircase 
of getting away from the dark side, the low side, the animalistic side, and now you're going towards the divine side. And that's what these forces are there to do, to try you, to test you, so that you can overcome them. Then you are aware. If you're not aware, you can't advance. And if you can't advance, then you're wasting your time here in this physical existence. So the struggle in the world, always to attempt to be of service to others, which is the most important thing you can possibly do in the world without care of compensation or let's say uh, uh, getting some credit for your good works, quietly, humbly moving forward, you are advancing spiritually, whether you know it or not. You don't have to have or subscribe to any particular religious views. Being good, being kind, being nice, and following the golden rule of don't doing any harm to anyone else, doing only things to others that you would like to happen to yourself, allows you to ascend. These dark forces are there to try you, to test you, and to see if what you say you believe, you really do believe. But again, if you have evidence that there is more beyond yourself, that you are a divine being in a human form, and you just need to wake up and realize who you are, that God is within you, that little piece of soul that's inside of you, that it is of God and from God, then you're on your way. Thank you, Doug. Thank you very much. That was very, very informative. And as always, uh, you're right on point. Okay, my friends, until next time, uh, may you enjoy all aspects of God, health, wealth, and peace of mind. Thank you very much for listening to Wake Up. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. And we'd greatly appreciate your review of our show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to let others know about the great content we're producing. For more about Dr. Douglas's self-development classes, books, and other related products, please visit his website, douglasjamescartrell.com. Until next time, we wish you all of God's blessings, health, wealth, and peace of mind.